Hey everyone, welcome to Indie Film Grit, a podcast about indie films and indie filmmakers. I am your host, Timothy Patrick, but you, you can call me Tim. In this episode, I'm joined by Christian Bautista. He's the co-founder and chief business officer at Gatekeeper Animation. His company is based in the Philippines, and they work on projects all over the world. We talked about the future of animation, visual effects, VR, and how he plans to bridge the gap between Hollywood and the Philippines with Gatekeeper Animation. Let's get into it. And here we are with Christian Bautista. Christian, thanks for being on the podcast, man. Oh, thank you for uh, inviting me here. Oh, yeah. On your uh, show. It's, it's, uh, it's great to have you. Um, so much to, to talk to you about. You're a, a 3D animator, and your company is Gatekeeper Animation. Yeah. And here you are at AFM. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a great event because uh, you get to meet a lot of people, you know, brainstorm some ideas, build relationships with you know, different countries. I'm from the Philippines, so it's my first time attending this event. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, we, let's get into all that in a bit. But uh, first off, can you just, um, for our viewers out there, uh, give us a little background about yourself and, you know, talk about what, what got you into animation and filmmaking. Oh, yeah, so I actually uh, always like building stuff. So I got my first business when I was 17 years old. So I uh, started, uh, I started with garments and stuff. And then uh, about four years ago, I moved here uh, in the U.S. And my brother-in-law, he's, uh, he's actually the creative. He's, uh, he's been in the industry uh, for, I would say, 11 years now. So, and uh, we always have this dream of starting our own studio and making our own stuff. And, you know, since I'm already here in the States, I'm in Hollywood, I'm in L.A., you know, I, I really made sure that I get to find that connection in the entertainment industry. And, I, you know, we decided that it's, you know, the right time to actually start, you know. And, yeah, you know, Gatekeeper was born. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah, very cool. It's an exciting time, I imagine, to be in 3D animation. Yeah, because, I mean, there's there's not much stuff coming out of the Philippines. So part of the reason why we started the company is, you know, to get the country known for that because there's a lot of artists in the Philippines and there's not much of animation or a lot of great films coming out of the Philippines, you know, but I think it's time for the country to be known. And uh, one of the reasons why we started it is there's a lot of artists in the country that's moving, you know, to other countries to find jobs. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a lot of Filipinos at Disney, Pixar, ILM. And, you know, the country's being left behind because they're technically leaving their country for other countries to be known. Right. Basically. So, uh that's why we started the company for their work to be known globally, stay with their families and, you know, earn while doing it. Why do you think there are so many animators in the Philippines? Cause we're heavily influenced by Western culture actually. Mm. So we grew up watching Disney. Mm-hmm. We grew up watching, you know, a lot of uh, Japanese anime. So we're, 
fanatics basically mm-hmm. so that's why you know we and we like creating stuff meddling with computers so you know put that all together with a bunch of talented kids you know you're gonna have a lot of talented people in that kind of industry mm-hmm. yeah it almost it, it it seems like since you know sometime in the 80s uh animation being done here in the states has dwindled because of talented people all over Asia, right? Right. Before before the podcast, we we talked a little bit about Korea and that sort of thing. Yeah, because uh, I'm not sure. Uh, maybe I'm wrong, but I think Korea start pioneer that animation, uh, cartoon stuff in Asia. Because uh, I believe Cartoon Network, Nickelodeon, you know, outsourced their work in Korea. Because I mean, there's a lot of Korean, you know. In LA, mm-hmm. I mean before and now. So I think that's that's you know where the connection is, and then it's spilled over to other countries because, you know, as when an industry is growing in one country, rates are going up. So the spillover of that goes to other countries where you know the labor is still cheap. Right. So you know now that includes Vietnam, Malaysia, and the Philippines. Wow. So. You know, very cool. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, I I live in LA here in LA, and uh, I'm not too far from Koreatown. And every once in a while, I uh, I go and get Korean barbecue. Yeah, where you <laughs> cook it at the table. I love that stuff. Oh yeah, me too. But uh, you were saying um, uh, when I talked to you a bit ago that uh, the Philippines food is kind of a mixture of all yeah, types. It's a mixture of because uh, we've been colonized by you know Spain. And there's, you know, the American occupation in the Philippines. Sure. And we're pretty close to Japan and China. Mm-hmm. So our food is a mixture of Japanese cuisine, Chinese, American, and Spanish food. So that's what's good. When, when people say Filipino fusion, it's, you know, it's redundant. Because <laughs> Filipino food is already fusion food. Right. So, yeah. Wow. I, yeah, I and wanna... fun fact, you know what? Filipinos can be classified to four ethnic group or race, sure, basically. Sure. So uh, since we've been colonized by Spain for 335 years or so, I think Mexico's 300, so mm. uh, we can be classified as Hispanics. And since the Philippines is in Asia, we're Asians. And wow. since the country is a group of islands, we're Pacific Islanders. And Aboriginal Filipinos are black. Wow, yeah. there's a lot going on there. <laughs> yeah, so, so since finding that out, you know, every time I fill out paperwork, it was like, oh, I can check four boxes in here. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so, but yeah, I mean, I was actually I I learned that from a writer I met here. So, yeah. Huh. Yeah, that would make sense because, you know, here in LA we got all types of people. Yeah. And I'm sure sometimes uh, a Mexican guy gets. Uh, mistaken as Asian or yeah. an Asian guy mistaken as as Mexican, yeah. and it's probably that common uh, Spanish. I actually have a friend. He's he's Filipino, but he really looks like you know Mexican, mm-hmm. and a lot of people mistake and mistakes him for you know a Mexican guy, mm-hmm. but he's actually Filipino. So, and some of my friends they look you know Spanish, mm-hmm. like Spanish from Spain. Sure. But they're actually Filipinos. A lot of my friends looks, you know, Japanese, but they're Filipinos. So, wow. You know, just we're like everywhere, the food. but you'll never <laughs> know if we're Filipino or not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Well, you guys are talented, and um, uh, like I said, Gatekeeper Animation, uh, everybody should check that out. Um, and you said you, you came to AFM to try and expand or, or um, network more. Can you talk about that? What are, what are you hoping to get out of this? Yeah, because uh, we actually started doing a lot of service work for other studios. So we did a lot of projects in China and Korea, too. So uh, as I was saying earlier, you know, if if labor or if an industry is booming in one country, labor tends to go up, right? So there's the spillover of that word goes to the Philippines. So we get a lot of, you know, service work from China and Korea. But since I moved here, we can, you know, I realize, and it's always been our dream to expand in this market to the West because the Philippines is very much influenced by Western cultures, especially America. You know, if you go to the Philippines in theaters, you'll see... If there's 10 cinemas there, seven of them are Hollywood films. So Yeah, and you say everybody speaks English. I yeah. mean, your English is perfect. Oh, thank you. Yeah, so everyone in the Philippines actually speaks English now, especially the younger generation. So, you know, we want to create something that has, you know, that culture of Filipino and bridge that gap between, you know, the U.S. So we're actually developing this, uh, you know, uh, 3D animated character that is both a Filipino and American. Mm. So, you know, to, for people to actually actually relate to that, because that thing is actually happening. There's a lot of Filipino-American that lives here or Filipino-American that lives in the Philippines. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we have a lot of stories to tell like that. So... Yeah, that's why we're, we started Gatekeeper. That's why we're creating stories and telling stories. And this character, this is one, uh, an original IP that you're developing? Yeah, it's, it's an original one that we're currently developing right now. My partner, uh, Gina Law, he's actually the one who created that concept. And uh, when he pitched it to me, I was like, yeah, we definitely need to you know, do this because this will open up the gate to the Philippines. Mm-hmm. That's why we call ourselves Gatekeeper. <laughs> oh, I got gotcha. you. Very cool. Very cool. So uh, what, what, what do you see as the differences between uh, what you do and what uh, 3D animators do in other parts of the world? So actually, there's a, we have a client in China. They thought that our team is about 300 people. We're not. So, oh, yeah. yeah. Because uh, of the quality that, uh, if you will watch our reel, the quality that we can produce is really up par with what, you know, Hollywood is producing. Not, you know, at that level yet, but we're going there. We're mm -hmm. getting there. You know, it's, it's really high quality stuff with uh, my partner developed this uh, really, you know, uh, efficient pipeline to, in our production to create, you know, high quality um, a picture uh, or, or, or movie or film with, you know, a shorter amount of time. So if they, if we do work for other studios, we can do it fast, cheaper, and with, you know, higher quality. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. That's great. And for, for actual 3D animation artist, what, what is typically the route? Is the it, it, where you come from, is it um, you go to school for that and then do it, or is it it's more of a... 
It's it's actually it, it could be anything. So it you you could you know you went to school f- and be an animator because there's school like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but most of the people that we have on our team, they're self thought. So mm. wow. uh, they're just playing with you know these programs because they're fans. Mm-hmm. Basically, they want to create recreate something that they watch, recreate you know a character that they like. So they're fans. So and then they learn, and then you know when they gotta get out of college, you don't know what job you're gonna get. You try out to be an animator or a uh, character designer or. Or you know, um, basically an artist because you're not you're an artist basically at the end of the day. So yeah, I mean, most of our artists are just self thought, and you know that's the route that they go, and because that's what they love and that's what they want. Yeah, I can and, relate to that. I yeah, mean, and it's always better to like do what you love, do what you want, and get paid for it. Right? Oh yeah, so, yeah, definitely. That's the dream, yeah. right? Um, I can relate to that because you know I. I am an animator. I, well, I'm animating my own short oh, film. Oh, yeah, you were telling me about and I, that. I just dove right in. I mean, I've animated before throughout my life, but with the program, didn't know anything about it. I think um, people that go that way, uh, they often find little back doors that maybe people don't teach you right. in, in the strict thing where everybody's doing everything the same way because you got to figure it out on your own. Yeah. Is, is that Did that add to your company's ability to be quicker and faster? Yeah, definitely, because, you know, uh, in our team, we always brainstorm, and like what I said, some of our artists, you know, is self-thought. So, you know, they would suggest something to make something more efficient, you know, and we'll try it out, and, yeah, it is more efficient that way. So we will put that on our pipeline. So, you know... You're more flexible. We're very flexible because you'll never know what's going to work, what's not going to work, you know. Mm-hmm. So we're very open to trying a lot of different stuff. I think that's great. Yeah. yeah. I can't wait to see. Uh, when, are, when do you think your, um, your uh, Filipino slash American uh, character is going to be out there for the world to see? So, so uh, we're slating it to be a full feature film, so it's still in development, so you know it, it might take uh, a while mm-hmm. for you to see it. But yeah, we're, we're working on it. Nice. Yeah. Now, is, was that, is that part of the reason why you're here at AFM, to gauge the interest on that? Or? Yeah, because, I mean, we're, we're slating it to be a, a global you know, feature to like, enter different markets. Uh, not just the Philippines, not just, you know, here in the U.S., but, I mean, there's a lot of countries. There's Europe, uh, you know, there's China especially. They're, they're huge. Uh, you know, uh, Russia too. So really? they're big on animation too. So hmm. uh, we want to enter those markets and really, you know, introduce what the Philippines can do and yeah. what the Philippines is about. Yeah, I mean, the international market, I mean, that's where it's at right now. I mean, you see how movies here are done differently to appease the Chinese markets. Right, definitely. Because like, there's a lot of money there. Like, since, I would say, a couple of years ago, um, Chinese investors invest in a lot of films. So that's why you get a lot of, you know, Asian or Chinese characters injected in some of these films and TV shows. Sure. Because, I mean, they're, they're trying to... It it's all boils down to, like, inclusion and diversity. Mm-hmm. So there's actually a lot of people who's, 
you know, who's injecting that uh, component or element in their films and TV shows because the world is getting smaller. You know, with technology, streaming, Netflix, Disney Plus, mm -hmm. just dropped today, that's amazing. Yeah. You know, it, the technology that we have makes the world smaller and makes us all connected in a way, you know? Even if you're, even if I'm in the Philippines, you know, the technology that we have makes me feel like I'm in the U.S., you know? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, that's why it's like that. It, yeah, it is kind of interesting because not only are the films catering to Asian markets, but finally in, in the U.S., um, you know, we're having Asian leading roles and all Asian films. And, and I guess they kind of correlate together because um, if, you know, like Crazy Rich Asians or... Um, yeah, that's... I want... That, I think Crazy Rich Asians... It's like Black Panther for mm -hmm. African-American people. So, because, I mean, that, like, set the bar mm -hmm. for making Asian films because, you know, it's, it's like an introduction of, of that world to the Western world. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. And audiences ate it up. Yeah. You know, just like they ate up Black Panther, you know. So uh, I'm sure we'll be seeing more American stars of Asian descent one way or another. Um, and it just makes sense because they can make the money overseas and here. Yeah. You know? Especially with... They like, used to be scared of it. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Why? I know. You know. But, you know, I mean, it's, it's... Everything is changing now. So the way films are produced are changing. The way you see these films are changing. So, I mean, we just have to move forward and, you know, just go on with the change, adapt to it. And as you move forward uh, with your company, Gatekeeper, um, you're, you're, you're saying you're going to uh, market uh, internationally. Um, what, what are some of the, the hopes that you have? Is it um, all feature films? Is it, um, do you have a, a... So we're actually planning for, uh, for that uh, IP that we're developing. Uh, we're doing a full feature. And uh, after that, we're gonna do uh, we're gonna serialize it because nice. uh, um, I mean we think that if you do a feature that will make noise, that will make your brand known, and then serializing it is retention. Mm -hmm. So and then you know eventually, hopefully, uh, we go on to merchandising. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you just think about something like Pokemon. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. I mean, that's been going on for decades now. The Marvel stuff. Oh yeah. You know? So, they they make they made the Iron Man movie, and then there's the Shield TV show. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, it's it's retention, you know. That's what Disney Plus is doing, right? Yeah. They're 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 having, I think, um, Hawkeye has a TV show. Yeah, Hawkeye and, and uh, Winter Soldier mm -hmm. has one. Uh, Vision and Wanda as one uh, Loki. Oh yeah, Loki. going to have a, a TV yeah. show. So, and uh, I think they're going to have a their first three D animated uh, series. Oh. Uh, it's about uh, Carter, uh, Captain America's. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Peggy Carter. Peggy Carter. Yeah. So Peggy Carter. Uh, it's a it's a different take on the story. It's uh, where Peggy Carter 
you know, uh, has been the one selected to go through what Steve Rogers went through. Oh, so right. She got buffed in, and I think, or something like that. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, they're doing that with Loki, too. I mean, it's slightly different because they're saying, or at least from what I've heard, it's going to be the Loki when he was more mischievous, not the one that had towards the end of the films, yeah. you know, cause they can play around with timelines. Now they have multiple timelines. Yeah. And, and they said there's uh, there's going to be a lot of uh, time traveling involved in, nice. uh, in, in that series, but yeah, I'm excited for it. It's uh, it's going to be amazing. Well, that's a, that's a great model to, to look at and then try and do on your own because yeah, it's uh, it all interconnects, you know? So that's yeah. great. What, what's the name of the character here? Uh, I'm not sure I'm allowed to say okay. that as of yet, but Even yeah. better. <laughs> Mysterious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, cool. So let's talk about AFM a little. Uh, you've been here all week? Uh, well, I started uh, sad. No, not Saturday. Friday. I started Friday. So. And what do you think about uh, you've attended the conferences and some yeah, of the Yeah, I attended things. some of the conferences and I uh, met a lot of great people. There's, uh, there's a lot of amazing people that's hanging around. If, um, you'll never know who you'll meet. Uh, I mean, we met uh, earlier. Yeah, yeah. So. I just assumed you were talking about me. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, definitely. <laughs> but, you know, uh, AFM is a, it's a great place to actually you know, meet people and learn about the industry more and learn about, you know, other countries and, and how this industry is doing in their country. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a, it's a good place to, you know, make partnerships, create bonds with other studios and, you know, create something mm-hmm. out of, you know, you know uh, a relationship that started here. So, yeah, I mean, there's, there's companies here from... India, from Russia, yeah. India, from Russia, Korea. Japan, yeah. Thailand, Singapore, Korea, Philippines. I mean, everyone is here. So, yeah. Do you think once um, your uh, original IP um, is is that going to be a thing where you finish it and then come here and try and sell it? Definitely. Or? Yeah. Definitely. I mean. That, that all depends on if we get a you know uh, a deal before that. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, definitely, this is a good place to actually you know go to and bring what you've created and try to you know like what we we're talking about earlier, make it global. Because coming to AFM, you know, gives you a chance to make your creation global. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And establish those connections with people. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. That's important. Have you have you learned anything unexpected maybe from uh any of the conferences or talks or, or anything like that? Or uh huh. Just well, soaking it all in. Yeah, soaking it all in right now. But uh, uh, I attended the one with uh with inclusion, uh diversity and inclusion, because I mean, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh I, I learned that there's a lot more, you know, cultures that uh, needs their story to be told, not just Filipino culture, not just Asian culture, but, you know, African-American culture, you know, Native American, you know, the Red Nation, uh, I forgot the name of their uh, their group, but they're, they're you know, uh, entering the the industry now. You know, uh, you know a lot of Indian films uh, in the pipeline. Uh, I think they're going to have their own uh, 
channel or a streaming platform, just mm-hmm. all, you know, contents about, you know, that that group. And I think it's uh, it's what I learned that, you know, there's a lot more stories out there that needs to be told. Mm-hmm. And we're, you know, barely scratching the surface of it, you know, with, uh, with everything that's out there. Yeah, I think that's definitely the future. Everybody's going to have a seat at the table. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's funny because, like, um, on Netflix, there's some, I believe it's Korean soap operas that uh, people in the U.S. are just eating up. Yeah. They love with definitely. subtitles and all. They, they fall in love and, with it. And a lot of Indonesian action movies mm. are on Netflix. I mean, uh, I can't remember the title on top of my head, but their choreography is, like, amazing. It's like it, I gotta check that out. These people are actually fighting yeah. on the scene. So I mean, it's it's amazing. I mean, there's a lot more, you know, stuff that needs to be seen and stories that needs to be told. Mm-hmm. So I mean, streaming. We're talking about streaming. Uh, streaming platforms. Uh, you know, I attended uh, the OTT conference um, a couple of months ago. And before coming to that event, I thought uh, streaming or the OTT thing is just, you know, uh, limited to Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Video. Sure. But there's a hundred or like hundreds more of OTT or streaming platforms out there, you know, that's, you know, starting and they're looking for content. They're looking for stories to be told on their platform, especially with Disney Plus dropping today. Mm Mm-hmm. They're going to take all that, you know, Marvel and Disney content with them. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of opportunity to produce your own stuff, to produce your own films, to tell your your story and, you know, put it on those platforms because the game has changed. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, Disney Plus is a game changer, definitely. Yeah. (laughs) And you know, not only are they are they looking for content, but once they reach a, a certain threshold, they want to put out their own content, which means acquiring stuff from other people or or producing it from the ground up. So that's a that's another opportunity um, to just straight up sell it to them. Yeah, and they slap you know like Amazon Original on yeah. on top. Yeah, definitely. Because because I mean, at the end of the day, these companies want subscribers. Mm-hmm. So they wanna, if you have let's say a Filipino uh, stuff in your platform or a Korean show or an Indonesian movie, you capture that market. You get subscription. <laughs> you know. So at the end of the day, it's about getting a lot more people to go on your platform and watch it Mm -hmm. and they need something to watch yeah so they need something fresh yeah they need something fresh something relatable to all markets Mm -hmm. because i mean because of the internet everything is global now so yeah that's awesome um back to the 3d animation um obviously it's everywhere now um do you see it um, evolving more in like, I mean, some people say 3D is dead or, or VR is going to take another 10 years. Is that something you look at when it comes to the 3D animation, um, looking at other 
types of media like like VR? Yeah, well, well VR is uh, it's actually the next level now. That's what they say. Uh, I actually attended uh, the animation summit uh, a couple of days ago, and uh, there, there's a panel about uh, VR and you know uh, what's really happening there. Mm-hmm. Uh, VR is still quite far from you know actually being consumed. I would say on a regular basis, yeah. you know, because um, there, there's a lot more development that needs to be put in there to be actually viable for consumers to actually, you know, use. But, I mean, the development has been rapidly changing. and uh, Well, I can remember in the 90s when they had, like, uh, movies about it and... They kept saying it's right around the corner, yeah. and here we are. Like I mean, it's here later. now, but yeah. we're not there yet. You right? Know? It's uh, uh, there's a lot more improvement that needs to be done there. But I mean, there's a lot of companies that's uh, doing a lot of VR shows. I would say uh, that's really immersive. They it's more. Of, I mean, there's a lot of kinds, but you know, some of them are doing immersive kind of stuff. Uh, there's actually a film. I forgot the name of the company who made it. It's called The Blue. Uh, it's uh, you go underwater and you see whales, sharks, Ooh. and they're all you know. It looks live action, but it's all actually CGI. So, and uh, I think what's missing is how that environment reacts mm. to the user. Right. I think that's what's missing there, because uh, for I, I believe personally, for VR to effectively you know be viable is for the user when they react to whatever's inside that VR space is going to react to them smoothly. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Uh, so and tactilely. Like, uh, I know they're developing uh, finger touches, whether it's um, lasers and uh, yeah. that sense your, your fingertips. And so when you actually touch something, it, it reacts, yeah. you know. Like uh, that film, uh, Ready Player One. Oh, yeah. I love it. If VR is like that, then we're there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, but. Yeah, and the reason why I brought up VR is because since it is such an immersive uh, environment, I would figure just like that fits perfectly with 3D animation. It because is. Because you can walk around it. You know, it's actually, it's not flat. You know? Yeah. So I would think that they're hand in hand, they're going to move forward together in stuff that's not filmed, stuff that's uh, built. Yeah, definitely. Because, you know? I mean... If if you let's say shoot a film on like a traditional way and then you like put it in in VR, it's still flat. Mm-hmm. You still see it in, in the goggles. It it's like a, a panorama image, mm-hmm. but it's still flat. Right. But that's why you know there's uh, 3D because when you go inside that world, it's 3D. It's a definite shape. It's not flat. Mm-hmm. There's depth to it. So, you know, it, they definitely go hand in hand because you cannot create a VR world without doing it in VR and in, in, in 3D, I mean. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, that's exciting. It is exciting. So you mentioned your company does or started off doing a lot of service animation and, and of that nature. Are we talking about um, commercials, uh, stuff that's in films and um 
you know, tell us a little bit about what you guys actually offer. Yeah, so actually we, yeah, like what you said, we actually started doing a lot of service work for a lot of different companies. Uh, and we do a lot of uh, TV commercials as well. So you'll see that in our reel. Uh, so we, we do everything from concept art, uh, previs, uh, modeling, rendering, lighting, cleanup, rotoscoping, um, you know, everything. We do everything. So uh, we do TV shows, films, advertising. We actually do a lot of uh, uh, game cinematics, uh, build game assets, uh, and... Uh, there's actually uh, a new thing that we're sort of trying to enter right now because uh, a lot of uh, architectural companies and real estate uh, firms are uh, getting our services to build their uh, or to build a 3D version of uh, their their structure before actually building it. So they're selling it to you know people before actually building the actual structure. Mm. They're doing that because uh, we can create a 3D render of that structure and people can walk through. And so, so we call that, you know, architectural walkthroughs. Very so cool. we do that because, uh, you know, I mean, let's say you're, you're a prince in Dubai or something. Mm-hmm. You want to buy a building uh, in New York or something. Uh, you can actually walk inside that building without it being built without going to New York and just 3D. So, wow. yeah, we, we do that too. Well, it's cool you do all that stuff, and then, but you're obviously still interested in, in telling stories. Definitely, because, I mean, at the end of the day, we're creators, we're mm-hmm. artists, and there's a lot of, like, what, like we were talking about earlier, there's a lot of stories to be told out there. And, you know, not just the Philippines, but I think it's time... To, for the Philippines to tell its story. So yeah. that's why we are doing that with Gatekeeper. Well, fantastic, man. It was such a pleasure talking with you. Well, thank um, you. And I'm so happy I met you, and I uh, can't wait to check out uh, the Gatekeeper animation reel. Everybody else out there should do the same. Um, my, my podcast is for indie filmmakers. Maybe there's some people that want to get into... Uh, 3D animation. But definitely, I actually talked to a lot of indie filmmakers Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, just to up their production value a little bit, Mm -hmm. you know, well, we call it the money shot, you know, that one VFX shot that you'll want in your film. You know, we can help you with that because, I mean, we're based in the Philippines, our rates are very competitive and I'm easy to talk to. You can find me, just go to uh, gatevfx.com and, you know, just... Give us a holler and, you know, we'll talk to you guys. Awesome. Well, thanks again, Christian. I I really enjoyed talking with you. All right. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Tim. Well, that's that. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Indie Film Grit podcast. Feel free to go to our website and check out the show notes, IndieFilmGrit.com. Follow us on Twitter at IndieFilmGrit. And if you enjoyed this episode, give us a rating on iTunes. Well, I should really wrap this up, but before I go, let me ask you something. Do you have the courage, the passion, and the perseverance to make indie films? Do you have enough indie film grit? <laughs>